0: Welcome guys to another episode of our Lifting Nerds. Today we are going to be releasing our first episode where I am going to be talking about Solo Uh, and Brandon is going to be talking about his episode on Thursday. So it is going to be Tuesday when you guys hear this. Uh, We are live right now and uh, today I want to be talking a little bit about training progressions. So uh, there are, there are a couple of uh, different uh, training uh, mechanisms that we have right now. Uh, And I actually want to specifically talk about hypertrophy training. So the muscle that um, that's going to be most stimulus, stimulated throughout, and how we actually get these stimulus and how it's how it's going to be effective. So uh, I'm not going to be talking about the you know the uh, the ways that we adapt and you know how we can uh, talk about rest and reserve and all that stuff. That's for uh, an- another topic. But I'm going to be really specific in talking about um, you know proactive progression versus reactive progressions. Okay, so we're going to start off with talking about proactive progressions. Okay, so what is actually proactive progression. Proactive progression is a strategy that uh, are typically static in nature, and it's a pre-planned increases in you know one or more of acute training variables. So it's a very linear uh, type of training where uh, we are consistently applying either load, or sets, or reps throughout a uh, throughout a continuous mesocycle. So we're just pretty, let's say a, a progression week to week basis where it's actually very uh, very planned, really planned. So today, we, you know, week one, we might start off with, uh, let's say, 20 pounds. And then next week, we might go up to 25 pounds and or even like so and so forth. So that is actually the nature of what proactive progression is. It's actually something we have really planned. And that's what we're just going to go with within that plant. And uh, so it's really good because consistently it progresses the stimulus. So your body can actually adapt uh, and it will just uh, continue to, uh, you know, just continue to just grow uh, where your body will metabolically adapt to whatever you're putting it through. So uh, a lot, uh, it's a very more common uh, training type throughout the gym where a lot of people are just okay say we're just pushing every single week and then just seeing that adaptation in and then uh, then you'll get your uh, muscle stimulus and, and then you, you see muscle growth so it's pretty pretty straightforward I would say and uh, the benefits for these progressions um, are pretty much like the progression of the stimulus uh, is occurring over time so uh, you know the magnitude uh, of rate you know may or may not be you know optimal uh, depending on what the uh, individual is, because there was a 2017 study, there was a 2017 study by uh, Barbosa Neto. Uh, apparently, they they did uh, a 160 men. Okay, they're just strictly about this men back in 2017. 160 men with at least six months of uh, resistance training. Uh, they self-selected a weight that typically they use for, you know, sets of uh, 10 for a, for bench press. And then, uh, what they did, what they found was the average number of reps performed were 16 reps and above. Uh, so what that actually means is the actual, um, uh, the actual men, when they performed that 10 rep rep range of on a bench press, they undershot their, their reps by more than half. So what we're actually doing is actual rep perform was more than 10. So the study came out to be 31% that reached 13 to 15 reps. And another 26% of those 16 men uh, reached at least 19 to 20 reps and above. So by, by this status and by this study, it just means that so many individuals who actually go to the gym and then start training, they undertrain themselves by more than half. So it's just normal that uh, it's just normal that they just undertrain themselves over the extended period of time, which means that muscle growth is shortened uh, and you know, progression is just so much slower. Um, that's, that's actually, that's, uh, what are the more common problems that we see in, in performance and capabilities? Uh, so getting yourself someone to actually analyze it and understanding what these rest and reserve mean and actually con- versus what they actually feel like is more than important uh, in in the long run. Now the drawbacks uh, of these proactive progressions is, you know, they're not accounted for, for your daily readiness. So on some days you might feel like shit and some days that you feel really good that you overshoot your expectations. So just keeping that adaptation is uh, the rate of the adaptation is actually also for better or the worse, but it can actually potentially increase the risk of energy if the, uh, uh, if the athlete is actually not sufficiently uh, you know, well-fed or uh, in that prescribed stimulus. So let's say for me, I'm prepping for a show. Um, my condition would, you know, not so well-fed. I'm a little bit lo- more leaner and uh, it will just make my gym performance will just alter a little bit uh, depending on, you know, if I'm well-fed or how many meals I've actually had before I've actually started training. Uh, so these actually variables matter as well. And, uh, so what does the actually research tell us about the volume and hypertrophy? And, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of, like a lot of you guys know this, but I'm just going to put it out there again. Uh, hypertrophy is, is there's a actually direct response between, uh, volume versus hypertrophy. So, um, I think, uh, Brad Schoenfield in, uh, 2017 has talked about this and made an article, uh, on what is optimal volume for hypertrophy? Uh, so the opt for you know hypertrophy, there is a you know inverted U shape. I'm pretty sure you actually know this uh, back in 2018, where the study was made that it's, uh, we have a minimum, we have a minimum effective volume versus a maximum recover volume. And then in that U shaped curve in that middle is where we actually achieve the highest potential of muscle hypertrophy. Uh, it appears to be, you know, at least 10 plus sets per muscle group in a week. Uh, this was also done by, uh, in the same study for two, by, uh, Brad Schoenfield at 2017. Uh, so in a week and how we actually plan out our, uh, muscle groups, that's how That's how well we know uh, that muscle hypertrophy will actually occur uh, for you in that mesocycle. Okay. Uh, So does that, if that all makes sense, then yeah, just give me a like. Uh, If you're listening to the podcast, just nod your head. If it makes sense, if it doesn't, then uh, you can feel free to shoot us a DM and uh, I'm more than happy to, uh, to answer that question. Uh, Anyways. So moving forward, there is, uh, what is a minimal effective volume? So there is something called, uh, a minimal effective. So there is a certain amount of sets that you must reach, or there's a certain amount of uh, uh, volume that you must reach uh, in order to achieve hypertrophy. So if you're not training towards a certain amount of level, you're not going to gain any muscle it's just that simple. Uh, and there's, there's also, because uh, there's also talking, uh, there's also a topic where, you know, working up towards your maximum recover volume, which is overtraining, so to speak. And uh, a lot of people experience that, but they just can't identify it. So what is your specific, uh, minimal effective volume? So everybody's different, honestly. Uh, but in this minimum case, um, by, Uh, There's a study just back in 2020 by Mike Israel. if you have uh, read his stuff, Uh, amount of weeks, there is a minimum of uh, almost just about five reps per muscle group just to achieve the very minimal. Um, But it's more towards the 20 sets per muscle group that will be optimal, but slowly working towards that. So I would say 10 to 15 uh, per muscle will, will speak towards the minimal uh, volume to achieve that uh, threshold. Uh, but that that being said, the optimal set will, will will increase the volume, but you know week to week, and uh, that will give us a better stimulus uh, in, in terms of uh, muscle hypertrophy. And then um, when you get when you reach to uh, that uh, maximal recover volume, um, you know you'll you'll see different symptoms. And then, uh, you also see like fatigue and, you know, cumulative fatigue and all that stuff. And then there's just like a big drop in your performance. And, um, you know, that's pretty much a good time for us to, you know, deload. And then after deload, we'll probably just talk, we just talk about it in your next mesocycle cycle where we start fresh and then, uh, and then you start your hypertrophy again. So this, this, this training system is uh, very common among, uh, bodybuilders, uh, like myself, uh, I would, uh, you know, pretty much run through this system. I would pretty much run through this system and, uh, this system will, will allow me to recover. And then, and then I can actually go again to train again, uh, just giving me that, uh, volume. Um, then I can actually progress and look at my, my progression week to week. So that's actually a really, really useful tool that, uh, I preach as well. And, uh, I'm more than happy to uh, share these information as well. Okay. So the next one is going to be the reactive progressions so the operating definition of this reactive progression is uh it can actually be a planned avenue for progression but it does depend on the uh, daily preparedness of the individual so it is influenced by the training adaptations of recovery so the 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 fatigue uh, dynamics of it and then the uh, progression uh, occurs organically based on the adaptation. So, if um, let's say, for example, you're you know you didn't really sleep well, or you're just underfed, uh, we can still maintain that stimulus um, according maybe just to a, like a lighter load, or maybe a uh, maybe just the, a different exercise selection. Let's say if you're if you're programmed to be like on a a flat bench press for a dumbbell. And uh, we're just looking for a uh, you know, flat bench or mid-peck type of exercise. We could translate that into like a machine if you're not feeling that all that good. If we translate to a machine, then uh, we're still doing a flat press, but we're not really doing a, um, you know, not really comparing apple to apple, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the, there's more benefits than I could actually see. But, uh, the, you know, it, it does account for your daily readiness as, as uh, proactive progression does. Uh, it does account of your rate of adaptation, also same as the proactive progression. But this allows, this is the, one of the benefits, it allows for a diagnostic assessment of efficacy, as just I talked about. So from that, we can actually maintain our optimal stimulus throughout a week, um, throughout weeks to weeks in that mesocycle based on what you're feeling that day. So our brain does do like, these, uh, other triggers where it does feel like we are not feeling it, but it's kind of like a false signal. So until you actually work out and you get into that workout, then your stimulus will actually come. And then when you're in the zone and everything's just going to go, it's going to go good. There's only one potential downside to this reactive progression is, uh, it does require an objective and experience to actually stay honest, uh, with your own capabilities on that given day. Uh, it can be difficult um, because as your brain does, you know, give you false signals um, that you might feel fatigue and you think you're closer to the, uh, you know, maximal recover volume. Uh, that's just the false thing that you, you can actually do. As I just talked about that, we, you know, you just probably just go in and then once you get your warm up set done, then you'll definitely just click into your workout and then you're back in the same stimulus. So these are the only two things that I actually wanted to actually talk about. But, For myself, as uh, I've been lifting for like a good amount of years, I think at least more than more than five years, uh, including my uh, if, you know, 10 years, if you're including, you know, when I'm going to the gym and not doing shit or just, you know, bro, working on and off and all that stuff, uh, I would uh, definitely go with uh, reactive progressions. These reactive progressions will allow me to, uh, you know, self-select on some. Some exercises and actually get really good with some of the uh, stimulus and just uh, because I am doing a natural bodybuilding show, uh, which is coming up, I hope in the summertime. So these exercise selection and stimulus would be a more efficient uh, training, uh, mechanism for me now for a lot of, uh, individuals who are just getting started into the gym. Um, these two regulate uh, progressions, uh, would not matter too much. Uh, but I would actually recommend uh, a lot of individuals, uh, depending on, you know, how some, some certain response, uh, to stick with a proactive progression. So number one, um, you coming as as a general population, you coming to the gym just to get stronger uh, is already a big win. So once you actually start working into a weekly progression, you can actually just, it's easier to see yourself progressing. And then that will give you like a bigger motivation to uh, continue training. That's a lot of uh, what I would uh, actually do in week to week basis. Of course, I have ran into some individuals who don't respond to that very well. Uh, who, who needs that time and patience uh, to actually understand the movement. And then before, you know, getting into, getting into uh, a lot of, uh, of these uh, training volumes. Okay. So basically these are going to be uh, my topic on proactive and and reactive uh, progressions uh, for just strictly on a mesocycle of, you know, muscle hypertrophy. So if you guys have any questions or if it's not clear or anything, please feel free to DM me. Uh, my Instagram is going to be underscore Adrian Ma. So you guys can definitely come check me out. Uh, I've, I released a lot of value and a lot of content for you guys. Um, I hope this actually helps. So that's all I got for you guys. I hope you have the best day of your life. You guys love you guys. Stay good. Peace.